Welcome to Passion Church. For more information about Passion Church, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. It's so good to see you this morning. Everybody in the building and online that's ready for Christmas, say yes. Yeah, uh, I like Christmas. Um, you you got to understand that as a pastor, Christmas can be a little uh, a little different, but uh, I still like it. Um, here's my only concern about Christmas. I'm gonna do a little housekeeping first, so y'all just stay with me. I'm not my message. I just I just want to mention a couple things to you. I, the the only issue I have with Christmas is this. I think. Um, sometimes as believers, we, we focus so much on Jesus as a baby that in this season of Christmas, we forget that he has power, even as an infant, right? I, I think we need to remember that the Bible says that he has healing in his wings and that he, as Isaiah 53, 5 says, he comes with power to heal, even as a baby. Before, come on now, we got to remember who was born, God of the universe in the flesh, as his son sent to us, and we need to remember that. And so, I just want to do this as a as a as a uh, an element of housekeeping, if you will. I don't want us to forget that in this season we can still approach Jesus for our needs. And we got a bunch of folks sick, and there's a lot of sickness going around, as you can tell by looking around. We got some folks out that are battling sickness, and so I want us just to stop right here and let's let's actually put into practice what we believe, which is that we can call on Jesus even during Christmas, and He can step in and bring healing. Amen. So let's pray. Father, we thank you that you sent your son Jesus uh, as an infant, but we're thankful that he was filled with power from the moment of his birth, that he had the ability to take away our sins, but also our sickness. And so, Father, this morning we claim the promises that you've made through your son Jesus for every person in our congregation and those that are around us. Father, we pray for divine healing and protection. We build a hedge of protection around this body, and we just pray that you'd produce healing in us that bleeds out onto other people around us. We believe that you can keep us in health and whole. And so we ask you to do that in Jesus' name. And everybody that believes Jesus still heals, say amen. All right, I think I'm in the right church this morning. So housekeeping, just real quick. Let me just mention, I just need to share uh, some things with you real quick before we get into the message. I want to share my heart with you so that uh, we remember the why. And uh, here just uh, next week, believe it or not, it's next week, our Christmas services take place next week. Those of you that have been with us in the past uh, realize that we've added a lot of Christmas services. That, uh, like we've always added, usually added one. This time I think we've added two. Um, uh, or three, and you, you may be saying, why? Then you will also notice, if, if you've been uh, paying attention to the bulletin, paying attention to the newsletter, been paying attention to the screen, that in on January the 8th, we're going to three services on Sunday morning. And I think some of you are asking why. And I want to, I need you to remember the why. Uh, l- let, me, let me help you understand. We have the opportunity. This is a great opportunity. I don't want you to get comfortable. This is a great opportunity to make room for more people I, uh, so that they can experience God's presence. Do you know that last Sunday um, there were 60 kids in Passion Kids? 
between the two services. That's not the first time. That's been happening on a regular basis. And then, uh, you may not know this because we don't talk about this a lot, but this year we averaged right at 200 adults in the sanctuary. So when you add the kids average to that, to the, to the adult average, we're averaging right at 239 people every Sunday morning. And I am thankful for that, but I also recognize, and you need to recognize that there's an issue with that. The issue is our parking, the issue is our lobby, and our issue is our hall. And so we could just settle and go, well, we got enough. Okay. But so I'm, I'm thrilled about all of that. Uh, but, but we can't settle there. I also want you to know some other numbers. There's some really important numbers that you need to know. We've seen 106 salvations this year. And as of today, by the end of second service today, we will have baptized uh, 70 or no, 65 people to, that are making a step deeper into the relationship with the Lord. Now, those are important numbers. We don't talk about all those numbers very much because I don't want you to get caught up in those numbers. Here's the number I want you to get caught up in. One. One more lost sheep. One more lost coin. One more lost son or daughter. I, listen, we've got to balance this church thing because I know what happens. The longer you're saved, the more comfortable you become. And you forget what it's like to be lost. I've been saved since I was five years old. I have to really work to remember what it was like to be lost. So if I'm not careful, I come to church thinking it's all about me. I got to get mine. I got to be comfortable. It's got to be just like I want it. And if it's not, then I got an issue. Listen, we got to get really, we got to get back out of our comfort zone and recognize that we've got to balance getting what we need out of church with the understanding that there are people out there that need what's happening in here. And so I need us to remember what it feels like to be lost, what it feels like not to have a place to worship, what it feels like not to have a church family to do life again so that we recognize that they need what's going on in here so we continue to invite, 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 and reach out, not so we can count numbers, but so that we can expose them to the presence of God. So I don't, listen, if we go to three, we're going to three services in, in January anyway, but, but if we do, and all you do is spread out, you've missed the why. It's not so that we can have more room, it's so that we can make more room. And so I need you to join me with that because I want, I, I, I want us to, to reach out. I want us to, to be mindful of what's important to God and what's important to God are people that are lost. And so I, I need your help. I want those of you that work so hard, I don't want you to get distracted. I don't want you to get so, uh, grow weary in well-doing because I don't want you to miss out on the fruit of what we've done to get us to this place. And so I think God is going to do something. And so I want you to join us as, as we take a leap of uncomfortable faith and make room for other people. I also don't want you to miss this. I, don't want, I want you to understand that I'm, I'm also, not only am I committed to going wider, I want us to go deeper. We can do both. And so in January, starting on January 8th, we're going to start a series. And this is what we're going to do. We're going to uh, intentionally evaluate and then grow in our spiritual maturity as we go together. We've got a tool that we're going to present to you that will let you figure out just how spiritually mature you are because some of us don't know and some of us, never mind. Some of us think, okay, never mind. All right, so that's my housekeeping. So we're doing this together. We encourage you to take the trip with us. It's, we're going to see God do some incredible things. Amen?
All right, so I, listen, last week y'all, y'all were quiet. I recognize there are moments that you're, you're, you're contemplating and, and all of that, but you can help me. I preach longer if you don't, amen? And because uh, we're a talk, yeah, there you go, see? So you're dismissed, no. Uh, see what happens? Just one guy, no. We're a talk back church, and I do want you to think and contemplate and allow the Holy Spirit to do things in your life but we can talk back. See, um, I, I realize that what happens at Christmas, it, most of us have heard the Christmas story for so long that we become very familiar with it. So if we're not careful, because we're so familiar with it, we get distracted by all the other stuff and we turn our attention to other things. Uh, but if you're familiar with it, you start thinking about stuff like bright stars and stables and shepherds and angel choirs and wise men and all these other, the details. We get stuck in the, I'm a detail guy. I, I like all the details. That's why I prefer Luke's account. He gives us all the information. But that's not how Matthew approaches the account. We talked about this last week. Matthew doesn't go into a lot of details. Listen again, once again, how he describes Describes this familiar story. Matthew chapter 1, beginning of verse 18. These are the facts concerning, these are the facts and nothing but the facts if you're Matthew. All right. These are the facts concerning the birth of Jesus Christ. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph, but while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her fiance, being a man of stern principle, decided to break the engagement, to, but to do it quietly as he didn't want to publicly disgrace her. And as he lay awake considering this, he fell into a dream and saw an angel standing behind him or beside him. And jo- Joseph, son of David, the angel said, Don't hesitate to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her has been conceived by the Holy Spirit and she will have a son and you shall name him Jesus meaning Savior for he will save his people from their sins this will fulfill God's message through the prophets listen the virgin shall conceive a child she shall give birth to a son and he shall be called Emmanuel meaning God is with us when Joseph awoke he did as the angel commanded and brought Mary home to be his wife but she remained a virgin until her son was born and Joseph named him Jesus chapter 2 verse 1 Jesus was born in the town of Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. That is Matthew's account. It's nothing but the facts. It's this concept of, I'm giving you the Reader's Digest version. We talked about this last week, the cliff notes. It's just the stuff you need to know. It's not all the fluff. It's not all the details. It's this. Mary finds out she's pregnant. Joseph is concerned. Joseph is thinking, I don't like this. He has a visitation by an angel. And then he's convinced it is from God. And boom, she gives birth. That's it. It's the simple facts, the highlights. Matthew fast forwards, fast forwards from Mary's conception of Jesus to Mary having Jesus. He just blows by everything else. But I want you to notice that it's so straightforward that if we're not careful, we read it and it appears to be nice and neat. It is the sanitized version that leaves out all the, the plans that it took to get to this point. I need to remind you this morning that Jesus' birth was the result of a long, thought-out, detailed plan that God had already made. In fact, Scripture tells us that from the foundation of the world, the Lamb was slain. That's a plan. In the fullness of time, Jesus was born. That's a plan. Long before Mary and Joseph had made any plans, God was working on bringing his plan to pass to send Jesus to a virgin in Bethlehem, in a stable, noticed by shepherds and noticed by 
wise men. Why? Why is that important? Because God knew that in order for us to manage the manger properly, we must learn to plan and we must learn to prepare. We talked about that last week. If you weren't here last week, you need to go back and listen. God was working a plan. There was a plan in place. There was preparation that needed to take place even after she finds out she's pregnant. The Bible says that Mary goes and spends time with her pregnant cousin Elizabeth. Time away to prepare her heart. Time away so that she could ponder all that had been promised. Time away to hide in her heart all the truths of the prophecies. So, so planning and preparing are essential components of managing the manger. Are you with me? You caught up? All right, so now there is one more crucial step in managing the manger. Planning is critical. Preparing is essential. However, there is now one more thing we must do after we plan and prepare. We must perform. To manage the manger, you must perform. Let me explain. God didn't just have a plan. God didn't just prepare. God also Performed. I am so thankful that God had good intentions towards us. I am thankful that he had a plan on, had made a plan on how to rescue me. Aren't you thankful that God made a plan to rescue you? I'm glad that from before time began, he was making preparation. But today I am most thankful and most grateful that he did more than just plan and prepare. I am thankful that he executed the plan. The, the, this is what he does. He pulls the trigger. He, he sets things in motion. He, his, listen, I just need to help you this morning. His intentions towards us didn't save us. His plans to save us didn't rescue us. It was the moment that he put those plans into action and actually performed what he said he would do. There's a proverb that says this. It says, says that uh, the, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. That's more than just a proverb. You recognize that if God just had plans and just made pre preparations, but he never actually sent his son, that good intentions would have been great, but we would have literally found ourselves on the road to hell. So it took more than just plans and preparation. God had to perform. He, goes, he takes one more step and he follows through. He sends his son. Uh, I, I, he, I, I, for one, am thankful that, and grateful that God does what he told Jeremiah he would do. Listen to what he says. He says, I watch over my word to have good intentions. No. I watch over my word to make preparations. No. He says, I watch over my word to perform it to actually carry out what he had been making plans and preparing to do. God follows through. Okay, so it is this aspect of God and his faithfulness to perform once all the plans and all the preparations are in place that we must address in our own lives this morning because too many of us plan, but we don't execute or perform. It's gonna get quiet up in here. We, we don't manage the manger correctly in our life because we never pull the trigger and we never follow through. We, may, we have dreams, we have plans, we may even start making preparations. However, we never really do what we spent the time and the energy and the money to get ready for, we never do it. How many wasted gym memberships do you have? Okay, am I the only one in the room? 
okay, how, 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 many, how many classes have I signed up for? How many classes have you signed up for that you never actually attended? Okay, it's quiet up in here. How many, how many diets? No, okay. How, how many books have you purchased with the concept, I'm going to read these things, and they sit on your desk for 16 years, and you never actually read them? How many books have you planned on writing that you've never put one word down on paper? How many songs have you said you were going to compose that have never been added in one note? to? How many, we, we plan, and we prepare, and we forget to perform. Most of us struggle to bring things to life and we quit short of birthing. Here's why. It hurts. Performing hurts. Matthew never addresses the pain of birth. He, it's a guy writing, so are you surprised? He makes the birth sound like there's, it's tearless, it's, it's bloodless, that it's easy. Just push him out. Push him out. Push him way out. Okay, I don't know that chair. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what I want you to know today is even, listen to me carefully, when, even when you birth something beautiful, it hurts. Ask the women in the house. Can I, can I testify for just a second? I, I just need you to understand that uh, what you're setting in right now that we call Passion Church is beautiful to me. Um, you may see all the warts and you may see all the things that we aren't and the things that you wish we were and you may see all the blemishes. But let me just tell you, this is my baby. And how many of you know that when you give birth to your baby, have you ever met a parent yet that would look at you and say, man, my baby's ugly? No. We think our baby's the most beautiful thing ever birthed, created on the planet. I'm conehead and all. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't want you to get it twisted. Birthing this thing hurt. Some of y'all haven't been around that long. You don't know, but the days when we started over on Northwest Expressway in the event center, the days wondering what, on August the 27th, first service, is anybody actually going to show up? Is, here's a bigger one. Is anybody going to stay? <laughs> uh, y'all don't even remember. Some of y'all don't even remember. You haven't been, there were days we wondered, are we even going to be able to keep the lights on? Are we going to be able to pay the bills? Uh, we, 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 didn't, we didn't know where the next, we didn't know what to do. There were moments, it was painful. There, there, there were moments I begin to wonder, are, are there, is there really anybody's life being changed, being impacted? Moments when I wake, stay awake at night, when people walk away unhealed, when people walk away believing lies, when people walking, walk away, moving on to the, it hurts. Those are painful moments. But, let me catch you up. It's still beautiful. And it was worth it. What I learned is this, is that you can't quit because it's small. You can't quit because it's hard. Because once we plan and once we prepare, we must perform. We must execute. We must deliver the dream. I mentioned this to you this morning because if we aren't careful, then when we read the Christmas story, we read it as if there's no pain involved. And then this is what happens. We expect to give birth to our dream in the same manner. I got this dream and it's not going to hurt at all. That's a pipe dream. That is not reality. It will hurt you. 
here's, here's what I need. I need to give you some uh, advice that a gentleman that used to attend our church that has now gone to be with Jesus, a mentor of mine by the name of Bishop Ron Carpenter Sr. used to tell us all the time. He said, your, great, the, your level of greatness is determined by your threshold for pain. If you're going to birth something, it is going to cost you. There is going to be pain. You're going to go through pain. So the question is, will you stop pushing just because there's pain? We can't miss the fact that Mary birthed the greatest miracle of all time. And it hurt on multiple occasions. Not just at the moment of birth. It hurt her on multiple occasions but it was worth it. The truth is, is that the Christmas miracle was wrapped in pain. Christmas was disguised in contractions. The miracle was hidden in moans. The king was birthed in the middle of crying. A savior was birthed through sweat. You cannot stop pushing because of pain. Don't miss the greatest gift because you become distracted or disillusioned by moments of pain. Hear me this morning. Pain is not permission to quit. It just means you're getting closer to the moment of birth. Okay, so I want to help you this morning. How do we perform when it hurts? How do we keep pushing when it's costing us more than we thought it would? How do we keep from throwing in the towel when it, when it is executing, or when it is excruciating and it feels like it's going to kill us? How do we do that? Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm not preaching this to get you all excited about Christmas. I'm trying to help you. Here's what you got to do. To manage the manger, you must have a pain plan. Because sitting under the sound of my voice right now are people that are filled with dreams and visions and prophetic words over your life that you believe are going to come to pass. And all I know to tell you is that before you give birth to those things, there are going to be moments of pain. So you must manage that by having a pain plan. Without, because if you don't, in the middle of your pain, you will quit if you don't know how to handle it. If you mismanage pain, then it will cause you to mismanage the manger. Without a pain plan, you, this is what happens. If you don't develop a pain plan, this, I can, I've seen it happen over and over again. If you don't have a, pain, a plan for handling the pain that comes in lockstep to giving birth to your dream, you will become cynical. Not only will you have a tendency to become cynical, you will also do this. You will become angry. I don't like this. This is not what I signed up for. I, I don't appreciate this. God, you lied to me. And you will become a victim. Nobody feels what I feel. Nobody's gone through what I'm going through. Nobody's enduring what I've got to endure. And when you come to that moment, you will quit if you don't have a plan. So let me help you. I want to help you with four things that you've got. To, this is your pain plan. I need you to figure this out. Don't just write these down. Take them home. Set them off on a shelf somewhere. You need to sit down with pencil and paper and pray through this and set this up in your own life. This is the plan that will get you through the moments of pain to the moments of delivering the greatest miracles of your life. You will see the things that God has promised you come to pass. If you put this plan in place, if you don't put a plan in place, you will eject before you get there. So number one, if you are going to endure pain, you've got to figure out what will I say? When the pain starts, you've got to figure out what am I going to say? 
okay? Remember, words matter. James teaches us that there is the power of life and death in our tongue. And if we're not careful in the middle of a painful moment, you will say things that will cause you to mismanage the manger and abort the promises of God in your life, such as, this will never happen. This will never change. I will never make it. I'm not strong enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not talented enough. I'm a nobody. Nobody but. And if you're not careful, you will make statements in the middle of your pain that will cause you to miss what God. Listen, you got to decide now what you will and you won't say. What you choose to say in the middle of a painful moment has the potential to turn your pain into a prison and turn your, your, what should just be a pit stop into a parking lot. And you will stay there the rest of your life just on this. You don't know how many people I've met that are just on this side of the greatest birthing miracle of their life. And yet because it hurts, they start saying things that keeps that miracle from being able to be birthed in their life. You got to figure out what you will say. You got to figure out what you won't say. And I'm just telling that since I'm trying to help you this morning. I'm just telling some of us that we would give birth to the miracles in our life if we would just shut up. Just cl- when moments of doubt, moments of fear, ar- and it's so, it hurts so bad. Can you imagine what our church would look like today if on August 26th I pull my leadership team together after we planned and prepared and prayed and fasted and I pull them into a room the night before we launch and go, well, I was wrong. I don't guess this is actually going to happen. I know nobody want to be a part of this. Look around at us. We just a ragtag bunch of people. Nobody would want to spend any time with us. No, I guarantee it wouldn't look like it does now. We have got to make up our mind and pay more attention to what's coming out of our mouth because out of our mouth is life and death. What will you say? What will you not say? The second thing you've got to determine is this, who will I talk to? Mary went to spend time with Elizabeth. In the middle of pain, we need to talk to someone who will push you to push. Someone who will look at the dream inside of us and encourage us to carry it out. Someone that will remind us that the end result will be worth it. Someone who will encourage courage in us rather than speaking death over our dreams. Some of you come so close to seeing all the promises of God birth in your life and at that moment of birth you tend to go talk to the wrong people and they throw a wet blanket over it and they look at you and go, you ought to give up. Nobody, you will never amount to nothing. You're a nobody. You don't have the ability to do that. You're crazy. It's a pipe dream. And in that moment, they abort the birth. Who are you going to talk to? Who can you hang around in the middle of a painful moment when you're ready to quit? See, y'all, ooh, I'm sharing more than I wanted to. About four years ago, we called a couple that we have a lot of esteem for. uh, And we had made up our mind we were going to quit. We were exhausted. We felt like we were beating our... Y'all didn't, some of y'all looking at me like you're shocked that your pastors ever wanted to quit. Only on Mondays. <laughs> we made the phone call to set up a meal for the sole purpose of telling this couple we were going to quit. 
Problem was, for the first time ever, they called us back on that Friday night, right before we were, we were all getting ready and everything, and they called us and said, oops, we double booked, we can't go. And I was mad. And God sent us some people just within a very short period of time after that that looked at us and went, you can't quit? That's, that's the dream of God. God is going to, they looked at us and said, listen, we'll help. We'll come alongside. We're going to make the, it's going to be bad. It's going to fulfill everything. You, and because we hung out with the right people at the right moment, God has birthed something right in front of us. Who are you going, who do you, you got to find somebody in the middle of your pain that won't convince you to quit. They will convince you that, hey, it's worth it. Hang on. You also understand that in that, that understanding is you got to figure out who you won't talk to. It goes without saying, if you figure out who you got to talk to, you got to also figure out who you can't talk to. Yeah. Third, I got to move. You got to figure out what will I not do? And what will I do? I have to make up my mind before pain hits that temporary relief is not worth the cost. I will not stop one month short of a 12-month program because it will provide me temporary relief. I won't stop going to marriage counseling because it, there's relief for a few moments because we don't have to deal with our junk. I, I, I won't stop working until I get enough experience to be promoted. I won't stop studying until I master the material. It's painful, but I will not. That's what I will not do. I will not allow a, a desire for momentary break in my pain. Cost me all the planning and the preparation that I put into this thing. Won't do it. I won't do something that will cause me to get relief for a moment that will cost me all the months and years of planning and preparation and dreaming. I will not do those things. But you also got to figure out what you will do. What will I do? The Bible says that Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. She kept, this is what she did. She kept her eyes on the prize. She was singularly focused on what God had said. She made up her mind, that's what she would do. She pondered the prophecies and the promises. She kept her mind fixed. I've been working on this so hard for the last two weeks. The Bible says that if we keep our minds on Christ, then he will keep our minds at peace. So my responsibility is to keep my mind fixed on the prize, on Christ, and he has a responsibility to keep me at peace. We've got to decide what we will do when we're in pain. What are you going to do when you're hurting? Because it will hurt. I will hold on when it gets hard. I will apply myself when everybody else is trying to take a break. I will develop when nobody else is developing. I will continue to press in when everybody else is taking time off. I will, you got to make up your mind what you're going to do. And last, you got to figure this out. What will I Believe. Mary said this, the angel's visiting her and she says, behold the, the, the handmaid of the Lord. Be it unto me according to thy word. Behold, be it unto me. In other words, she believed what God said. 
She believed what God said. She made up her mind that even though this thing hurts, I'm going to believe what God said. Okay, I can't get any help. I just need you to know that if you don't determine what you believe before pain comes, then you will believe the pain more than you will believe the promise. I'm a living, I can testify this moment. In the middle of your pain, if you haven't made up your mind who you're gonna believe and what you're gonna believe, that in the middle of a painful moment, you will begin to believe your pain more than you believe for the promises that God has made for you. There's too much water under the bridge. Life has changed course. Too much gone wrong. There's no way. No, I have made up my mind that even when I'm hurting, I am going to believe the promises of God more than I can believe what I'm feeling right now. Some of y'all would be blessed this morning if you just quit believing your feelings and your emotions. I've learned I cannot trust my feelings. I cannot trust my emotions. Y'all ever had a bad day? There are some moments I wake up and my emotions are all over the place. I want to kill everybody. I want to tell everybody off. I want to tell you to hit the road, Jack. And I want... But I've recognized that when I feel like that, I've got to remember God's word. God's word. God's word preempts, trumps, overrides, is more powerful than what I feel and my emotions. You got to make up your mind and your heart before pain hits that you will believe what God has said. That decision will mean that no pain can stop you from performing. No pain can stop you from executing. No pain will be able to stop you from giving birth to the promise he's made in you. If you just make up your mind that I heard what God said and I refuse to give up until he does what he promised, which is this, he will watch over his word, not just to Jeremiah. He wasn't just talking to Jeremiah. He was talking to Steve at Passion Church in December 2022. He was talking to Jessica in December. December of 2022. He was talking to Jason in December of 2022 and he's saying stuff like this. I will watch over my word to perform it. He didn't say that there wouldn't be pain along the way. He just said, you can believe my promise. If you'll believe my promise before pain, you've got to resolve these things or you will not execute. You will not carry them to full term. You will stop short. Birthing your dream won't be easy. It won't be like what Matthew says when it goes from announcement to delivery with no tears and no resistance and no clenching of teeth. Listen, pain is the price of admission to your promise. It will cost you. But it will be worth it. On the other side of the pain is the greatest miracles that God has for your life if you will make up your mind to have a plan for my pain so my pain doesn't cause me to quit, to give up, to refuse. I'm going to throw in the towel. It hurts too bad. What are you going to say? Who are you going to talk to? What are you going to do? What are you not going to do? Who are you going to believe? Because if you come up with a plan like that, like Mary. Oh, I'm taking a little bit of scriptural. Don't, don't, don't normally do this, but let me just imagine for a minute. I think Jesus learned to set his face like flint by watching mama. You learn anything from your mama? Y'all don't believe that? Oh, I learned some things from my mama. 
I can, I, she's got to look. I know when I'm in trouble. She can give me, the, she can just cut the eyes. I know when I'm, and I learned to look from her. Julie says, sometimes you just got to watch your face, man. You, you don't look, you, you people, it's like, like, they think you're mad. You're not mad. It's just the look. I learned it from my mama. I think Jesus learned some determination and some stick to and My concern is this morning is that under the sound of my voice and online this morning, there's some folks with some great dreams and you've been planning and you've been preparing. You've been laying it all out, got it all on paper. You got the timeline, you got the vision, you got, you got all the details, all the, you, you, you've been down in the weeds, man. You got it all figured out. The dilemma is that right before birth, pain. Not just a little bit of pain, a lot of pain. Probably the most excruciating moments of pain you've ever felt in your entire life. Because to give birth to something great, you've got to endure great pain. And I'm afraid some of you are about to quit, give up, throw in the towel. And in the process, because you don't have a plan for the pain, in the process, you're going to miss what God has for you. I'm going to pray over you and then I'm going to do this. We're going to open up the altar for just a moment this morning for those of you that would be honest enough to say, I'm enduring some pain right now that I just don't know if I can handle and I, I need you to pray and ask God to give me a plan because we want to see God birth great things. I am convinced that under the sound of my voice are some of the greatest miracles. But we got to get through the pain. Father, I pray in this moment you would help us. Most of us come to church every Sunday, Father, acting like we've got it all together and that it's been bearable. But the truth is, is that there are many in this room right now, some watching online, that are enduring moments of pain. And they're right at the moment of giving birth to the greatest miracles of their life. And they've picked up the towel and they've cocked their arm and they're ready to throw it all away. They're not sure they can endure. They're not sure they can make it one more day. And God, this morning, I pray that in this moment, you would convince us that there's help and that there's a way out and that there's a plan in place, but we've got a part to play. We've got to make a plan for what we're going to do in this moment. Help us today, I pray. In Jesus' name, would you stand with me for just a moment this morning? I, I felt a check in my spirit about asking you to come down front. I think because in some ways that adds to the pain. But I do think we have to be transparent and open. And since I don't ever believe that God allowed you to come to Passion Church on a Sunday morning and just coincidentally set by somebody. I believe that he, according to his word, he orders our steps. So you're sitting next to you, who you're sitting next to on purpose. God positioned you there for you for them or them for you. Either way, doesn't matter. I need you to stop for just a moment and turn to your neighbor and ask them in this moment. If you want to come to the front, that's fine. I don't care. But if in this moment, if you need to ask them, are you in pain? And if they lie to you, you'll know it. 
because the Holy Spirit will let you know. And if they say yes, first thing I want you to do is I need you to pray for them right now that the Holy Spirit will help them to endure for one more day until they can come up with a good plan. And then I want you to ask them the four steps again in the course of your time together. Ask them who they're going to talk to. What are they going to do? What are they going to say? Who are they going to believe? Come on, let's pray for one another. Father, in this moment, transparently we declare we're in pain. We're in a season of heartbreak. Things haven't gone like we thought they would go. We, we planned, we prepped, and now we find ourselves in a great moment of pain. Disappointed, disillusioned, hurt. We're not sure we can hang on. God, this morning I pray that like Elizabeth came alongside Mary, I pray that as I lay my hands on the person next to me and pray, I pray that in the name of Jesus right now, you would strengthen us with courage and determination to hang on, to refuse to quit. We will not give up. We will finish this thing. We will bring this thing to birth. We will bring this thing, God, to, to fullness. We will carry this thing all the way, all the way. We refuse to give up. God, I pray that in Jesus' name, right now, you would strengthen our resolve. We would set our face like flint. We would make up our minds to give birth to all the things that you've promised us. I will not stop short. God, I pray over every person that's praying for someone right now as we ask the four questions. Who will you talk to? What will you say? What will you do and not do? And who will you believe? I pray that in this moment you would begin to help us to put together a pain plan so that we won't believe our pain more than we believe your promises. I pray you would do this in Jesus' name. Right now, I need you to do that. I know you're praying, but I want to interrupt your prayer. Would you just begin to ask the people you're praying for right now, what's your plan? Do you have a plan? Who are you going to talk to? Who are you going to, who are you going to listen to? What are you going to say? What are you going to do and not do? And who will you believe? Come on, ask them. Ask them. Make them think. God, help us to formalize a plan so that our pain won't outshout your word in our life. God, we don't, want to, we don't want to exit too soon. We don't want to quit too soon right before the birth takes place, God. And we know that the pain can cause that to happen if we don't have a plan. Help us to come up with a very structured plan so that your promise can be born and birthed in us. We ask you to do this. We ask you to watch over your word in our lives to perform it. Perform your word in our lives. I ask you to do this for your kingdom's sake and for your name's sake and for your people's sake. We ask you to do this in Jesus' name. 
Amen. This is what I need you to do real quickly. Would you become an Elizabeth to someone standing next to you? Would you just look at the people standing next to you and just tell them, keep pushing. I know it hurts, but keep pushing. Come on, encourage courage in somebody this morning. Tell them, don't give up. Don't throw in the towel. Don't exit. Keep going. Come on, tell them, keep pushing. Keep pushing. And then you may be seated real quick as Seth comes to close our service out this morning. It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion Church resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion.